Welcome to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody. It's Helen Panos, um, Dynamis Learning Academy. Welcome to my Smart Parents Successful Students podcast. And I welcome you back. Today, we have a different guest, and I have a little interesting topic for you all. And his name is Rob Wilson. How are you doing, Rob? Thank you oh, for joining me. Oh, doing well, Helen. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, sure. Um, I want to introduce Rob, and then we'll get straight into the uh, topic of bullying. That's our topic for today. But Rob is an award-winning writer and speaker who works with companies that want to be more competitive through innovation and with people who want to think more creatively. And he is the author of an internationally syndicated column on innovation, creativity, critical thinking, leadership, and motivation. The Uncomfort Zone, which runs in Psychology Today and more than 300 other publications. He's also the author of four books, including the inspirational book, Wisdom in the Weirdest Places, the psychological mystery novel, and Never Coming Back. The humorous children's novel on dealing with bullies, which we're going to basically talk about today, parents, and the annoying ghost kid and the hilarious illustrated collection of bathroom graffiti off the wall the best graffiti off the walls of America. For more information, you can visit Rob's website at robwilsonspeaker.com. And um, I definitely, I know this is a problem in society today about bullying for sure. Uh, boy, that seems, we'll, we'll get into that parents, but um, definitely we see this showing up in a lot of places, in schools, in our society in our workplace, I hate to say. Um, so I, that's why I invited Rob to the show is to talk about how to deal with bullying to help parents understand and help their children maybe uh, be able to, uh, you know, basically get around that. So I want I have some questions. But first, I want to ask uh, Rob to talk about his journey to what got him to where he is today, where he's, you know, writing books and speaking and, you know, motivating people. Well, that really does date back to my own being bullied as a kid. Uh, that has influenced probably every element of my life, from my politics to my writing, and a lot of how I developed humor. You know, a lot of times uh, your best humorists and comedians were bullied as kids, and they found that humor was a great outlet for um, avoiding and keeping the bullies at bay, because if you can make them laugh, maybe they'll leave you alone. So that has uh, truly influenced uh, a good part of my life. Okay. So what does, let's start off with, what does self-esteem have to do with bullying? I know we well, talked about that. Well, self-esteem, pretty much, okay, so every kid is going to get bullied at some point. 
but will they get bullied a second time or by that same person a second time? It all depends on how they react to it. Now, a kid with self-confidence and self-esteem is going to either lap it off, he's going to uh, dish it back, or, you know, just something. They're not going to, it's just going to like water off a duck's back. They're not, it's not going to phase them and they're not going to allow it to phase them. They're just going to, you know, basically push back and, and, and just move on and not worry about it. On the other hand, you have a kid who's got a victim mentality. He's going to get upset. His face is going to show it. Everybody's going to read it on there. And when that happens, oh no, now he's going to get more and more and more. It's just going to keep coming. It's going to snowball. It's going to get worse. So a kid without self-esteem and self-confidence is, is going to be more likely to be bullied. And one of the things that a kid can do is to get good at something. It doesn't even matter what, whether it's a band instrument or a sport or uh, art or something visibly, you know, something that other kids can see mm. will actually raise their esteem in the eyes of the, the kids around them. And it also gives them confidence. When you get good at something, when you develop a talent uh, or a skill, that gives you a lot of the self-confidence, which leads to self-esteem. So I highly encourage parents to get their kids involved in something, uh, you know, a hobby that can enable them to, you know, develop this, this new set of knowledge and these new skills that make them stand out as being superior in some way instead of being inferior, which is kind of the problem. Hmm. Interesting. So what kind of hobbies would you maybe suggest? Do you suggest a couple? Well, like particular? I said, maybe a, a, it could be a musical instrument. It could be a, a sport of, of some type. And, uh, you know, karate. Are, uh, yeah, well, you know, don't, that's, just don't just don't use those moves. Right. People. Well, you know, karate, uh, a lot of uh, parents want to enroll their kids in karate because it does teach self-confidence mm -hmm. uh, more so than a lot of other sports. And so, you know, it teaches them how to remain calm in, in, a, in a situation, a crisis situation. So that, that's a little bit different, you know, thing about karate as opposed to say, you know, playing baseball and becoming really good at that or football or soccer, uh, where you, you know, you kind of stand out at that. And you also develop friends when you get involved with all these other activities. And the more friends you have, the less likely you are going to be bullied because your friends will most likely defend you. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas if you're isolated, if you're the kid who doesn't have a lot of friends, you're more likely to be a victim. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know, there's that. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, that's true. Because you have no support system or that's how they see it. That's exactly, how the bully sees system. it. That's a good yeah. way of looking at it. So how do we see bullying in our society today? Speaking, well, and I, like I know to... kids see it too. <laughs> well, bullying never goes away. It's not just a childhood phenomenon. Uh, you know, you we have bullies at work. We have we have bullies in government. Uh, bullying is endemic to our society. In fact, we kind of uh, love our bullies. You know, we we laugh at them on TV. I mean, pretty much every sitcom. <laughs> if you watch a sitcom, it's all about the characters bullying each other, and uh, you know, we laugh at that. And when we do, you know, the younger children, if they're observing their parents laughing at a sitcom where somebody's being bullied, what are they going to learn from that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but like I said, we love our bullies. We love Dirty Harry, and we love uh, you know a lot of these uh, you know characters in the movies that go around and and and, and beat up on bad guys and. Sometimes they're anti-heroes and they're they're actually the bad guys, but we like them anyway. So, you know, there's a lot of it in our society that goes on, uh, especially, you know, and I don't want to get into politics here today. But, you know, when you when you see, you know, government abusing people with higher taxes and regulation and making people lock down and uh, do things <laughs> that kind of tear up freedom, bullying is trickling down. And so we, when you have a whole, uh, whole system of that, like I said, don't really want to get into politics today because there's a lot more important things to talk about for parents looking at solving a bullying problem for their own kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's interesting because, um, yeah, we might laugh at these bullies that we speak, but we also have to remember that this is acting, right? Um, and, and kids may not understand that yet parents are the ones who are laughing at it the adults are laughing at it we know it's kind of silly i guess that's why we're laughing at it <laughs> um yeah, at the same time of... i think we like in our heads i think we like drama right right it doesn't like some fun drama that's <laughs> out of the ordinary <laughs> but then we don't realize as adults that you know children are watching you're correct uh mm-hmm. and they're going to imitate because they think oh you're laughing at it it must be something cool that I need to be doing at school or something. I don't know. <laughs> and sadly, kids at school will laugh at what the bully is doing. And of course, that's reinforcing in the bully's mind. He's just getting self-esteem from that. He's developing more self-confidence when he bullies a kid and the other kids around are laughing. That's basically rewarding him for what he's doing. And, and sadly, this, this goes on in our schools and on the playgrounds. Uh, even, you know, uh, on, on the, the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bus is really a, a bad place. I know that my, uh, my older son was somewhat bullied on the school bus when he was in sixth grade middle school, because, you know, at least in middle school, they're smart about separating the grades. And, mm-hmm. and, and sixth graders never encounter eighth graders within the building of the school, but they mm-hmm. do on the bus. And right. so when he was a sixth grader, the eighth graders on the bus were bullying him. Mm-hmm. And so I solved that problem. I drove into school. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that does solve the problem. <laughs> right. But it didn't teach him to stand up to bullies, which, you know, I was concerned about. But, you know, I, I didn't know how to. That just was a quick, immediate solution. But the better solution is teaching your child how to stand up to bullies. Because mm-hmm. at some point, you know, there, there's not going to be adults around. And while there's an adult on the school bus, that person really needs to be focused on the road. You you don't want them. You don't want that. I remember it makes me think of a joke. Um, I want to die peacefully in my sleep like grandpa, not screaming in terror like his passengers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you just mentioned about the bus and how, yeah, the sixth, seventh, eighth graders are all on there together, the high schoolers are all on there together, that it, it made me think of a parent that had told me her her young child was taking gymnastics with other kids. Like there were eighth graders there. He might have been a fourth grader and they're all together. So I'm curious, yeah, how many parents have their children? you know, with mixed grade levels like that and the sport they're involved in, 
and there's probably a lot. And and do they encounter bullying there? Because I, I believe this parent knew there was something going on with her little fourth grader and an eighth grader in, right. in the sport. Well, so, most sports don't mix up the ages so much as that. If you're playing, you know, football or baseball or soccer, you're playing with the same age kids as yourself, right. your teams you're playing against. Now, gymnastics is going to be a little different because you don't have as many people and they probably have all ages working together. Karate classes are probably also like that. Uh, the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts also have mixed ages, uh, which, um, you know, may have been, you know, some of the problems that, that Boy Scouts have encountered. Uh, I was a Boy Scout. I uh, went all the way through, became an Eagle Scout. But I can tell you, I was, you know, I was guilty of bullying as well as bully being bullied. Uh, not too much of a bully myself but there was this one kid I recall and he was he was little and he had this really short haircut and um, he had this deeply sonorous voice uh, for such a small kid that made him sound really funny <laughs> and when he talked and I love to hear him talk and I would I would just you know, do anything to get him to, to laugh or talk. And, you know, and, and he took some of the stuff I did as bullying. Sometimes I'd grab him and, and give him noogies on his head because he had that short, really short haircut that looked like sandpaper to me. And, you know, I just thought it was funny. And the other kids thought it was funny, but he didn't, sadly, mm -hmm. you know, and I never meant him any harm. I wasn't doing that to raise my self-esteem. Well, maybe I was. I wanted to get a laugh, you know, out of the <laughs> other kids. So guilty, guilty as charged. Uh, but then I learned that he felt like I was bullying him. And so, you know, I quit and I was kind of disappointed because I thought he was, then I didn't want really want him around us. He was doing better being bullied if he toughened up a little and, and kind of dished it back, which is you know, why you really need to learn to stand up to bullies. Cause then, right. you, know, um, you know, you don't get left out. Now, my son, Andy, um, never really had to deal too much with bullying because he had an older brother and he wanted to play with the older brother and the older friends. And when they would shove him down or push him and try to, you know, not include him, he would push back because he's so want, you know, how social Andy is. He wanted to be so involved with, with whoever was around that, that he just pushed back and just stayed involved and, and I think that was a good lesson for him because he learned early on to, uh, to push back and stand up. But ultimately, that's what all kids have to do and adults if they're being bullied, because if you develop this, if you get labeled as a victim and, and you know, you label yourself more than anything. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of that starts at home. Yeah. So what are some suggestions that you can give to deal for kids to deal with bullies? Well, I have, uh, I have a couple of techniques that I teach. I've done a lot of uh, author visits as the author of The Annoying Ghost Kid to elementary schools. And part of that program that I do is to talk a little bit about bullying and then share with them two techniques they can use, one in the incident of a verbal attack and the other in the incident of a physical attack. Now, the verbal attack is uh, if someone's calling you names, just laugh. Just laugh, and, and you take the power away from the bully. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, 
he's not rattling you. And that's the thing that I was saying before. As soon as they see that you're upset and read that on your face, you're toast. You know, so the, the trick is to learn to just laugh and 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 um, and just remember that if somebody calls your name, just start laughing like you think it's the funniest thing in the world, even though you're faking the laughter and it hurts inside. You've got to uh, you've got to you know make them believe that you're not upset by it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the other technique in the event of a physical attack. If somebody shoves you or punches you or uh, you know something along those lines, basically what you do there is a little different. What you do right then is you throw your hand out like a a policeman trying to stop traffic and you yell, back off! And it's amazing how well that works. And I've seen it work. I kind of learned this technique from a a woman who would do that on the subways of New York when she was (laughs) being accosted by men. And this was for an adult. Uh, and, And I learned it myself once, and I love to tell this story. Um, I accidentally, very unintentionally bullied someone, and they told me to back out in such a way that I have never forgotten it. And I'd love to to tell you this story because I was visiting with friends uh, to the Kennesaw Mountain battlefield, and we were just enjoying the historical sites, and we're walking across one of the old battlefields toward one of those big bronze historical markers that tell you what happened on the site. And as we're heading over there, right in front of the sign was this pool of sunlight, a little spotlight of sunlight coming through the trees and laying in that sun, what looked like what was a coil of black cable. Now, when we got within a few feet of that black cable, it slithered away. And I realized that was a snake. I was gonna say. Now, I got enough of a look at it that I could tell that it was a a, a non-venomous snake. It was either a a rat snake or a black racer, and I wanted to get a better look at it. So as my friends went over to read the historical marker, I followed the snake, and as soon as I got within 10 feet of him again, he slithered off. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Have your children ever test for the gifted program in their public school? Maybe they have, and it's been less than two years. In most cases, in Georgia, you cannot test your child again for two years. However, looking at an eligibility form from the prior time they tested is very important. At Dynamis Learning Academy, we do this and are qualified to uh, coach you and instruct you on how to navigate the system which means your child could possibly be tested again sooner than you think. Also, if your children are um, looking to get in the gifted program and they did not qualify two years ago, let's say, then they can be tested again. Reach out to us at 770-282-9931 so that we can discuss this possibility and instruct you on how to move forward within the public school. Thank you. Well, I went, I really want to get a look at this snake. And I'm smarter than a snake. So I thought if I keep following him, he's just going to keep slithering away. So I crouched down and I circled around until I came face to face with him. Well, this was about a six to eight foot snake. He reared up two feet in the air, 
flattened his neck out like a cobra, opened his mouth and hissed like this. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, I leaped backward about eight feet and <laughs> fell on my backside. And I was like, okay, I know you're non-poisonous, but you sure made me back off. I said, I don't know if you speak snake, but I understand back off in any language. <laughs> so that's one of the stories. <laughs> that's one of the stories I tell the kids when I go and do an author visit at an elementary school, and they all love that. But uh, but truthfully, it it works. You tell somebody to back off, they're going to back off because they're going to because they're going to think, uh oh, you might be you might have a little something I don't know about. You might actually be able to hurt me back. Now, I knew that that snake, logically, I knew that that snake, he could maybe bite me and draw a little blood, but he couldn't make me die. You know, it might hurt, but, um, you know, because he was a pretty big snake. You know, or it might land you in the hospital. Huh? <laughs> or it could land you in the hospital. No, it wouldn't have because it he wouldn't. wouldn't. No, he wasn't a poisonous snake. He wasn't a venomous snake. So um, if, he, if he were to have bitten me, um, it might have might have given me a cut, mm. you know, and he wouldn't he couldn't bite deep enough to to burst an artery. So it was just going to be a painful bite if he yeah. bit me at all. <laughs> and, you know, so that's what I'm saying. It wasn't wasn't there wasn't any real threat to me. But because he reacted the way he did, it still scared me. It made me think, mm. whoa, well, what can he do to me? And I was mm -hmm. like, it, just, it was a it was a very core visceral reaction that I had. Um, and so that's what you want to do when someone's coming on to you. When you yell, back off at the top of your lungs, they're going to go, whoa, is that person going to hit me? What are they going to do? It's going to make that person think twice before they push against you any harder. And then you just kind of need to stand there and just kind of give them that squinty-eyed Clint Eastwood look for a couple of seconds <laughs> to make sure they get the message. <laughs> and then you can move on like nothing ever happened. Huh. You just move on like nothing ever happened. And the same thing with the laughing. If, if they're calling you names, you laugh and laugh and then just kind of move on like nothing ever happened. Hmm. And, uh, so Interesting. Those two techniques work. They're proven to work. And that's what I teach. And so it also teaches the kid that fundamental lesson he needs to know that he needs to stand up for himself. And until you do, bullying never goes away. You're going to be bullied as an adult until you learn that lesson. Mm. So That's interesting because I think we've been taught in our society, don't be laughing at people because it's not very respectful, right? And again, <laughs> so in this children, case, children in this haven't case. learned these things yet. And so they're going to laugh. Uh, and of course, if they've seen their, their parents laughing at, at you know sitcoms and, and other things like that, um, they're not going to know to not laugh uh, uh -huh. at, at the kid being bullied. And so it's just a, a great defensive mechanism to laugh along with it. Like it doesn't hurt you. That's the thing you want to do. You don't want them to know it hurts. Because if uh -huh. they know it hurts, you're going to become a victim to even more bullies. Uh -huh. Not just that bully repeatedly, but uh, you're going to find you're going to be bullied by additional bullies. Uh -huh. So tell us about your book. Um, you know, I know it has to do with bullying. You've done things for schools and elementary schools. And I, I assume, you know, you're available for that again. But 
Uh, it's called The Annoying Ghost Kid, right? And uh, tell our audience somewhat about it. You can show it. I know this is an audio, but I will pause okay. the video so you can show it. I know people listening. Well, there we go. There's. Uh... <laughs> but it's called The Annoying Ghost Kid. It has a beautiful illustration in the front. And so it has no illustrations you. inside. It is a chapter book written for uh, elementary school students and pretty much uh, an advanced reader in first grade. Uh, will be able to read it, but the kids also like it being read to them. They very much relate to it. It is a humorous uh, children's novel, and uh, it starts out with uh, two living children who are being bullied by a ghost kid, and it initially starts out funny. You're laughing at the ghost because you think it's funny what he's doing to the kids, like most bullying starts out, but then after a while, you realize that the bully is relentless. He never stops. He never lets up. And then you start to feel sorry for the living kids because they have no recourse. Here's the problem. They're the only ones who can see this ghost. No adults and no other kids can help them out. There's no one they can turn to. And so it's up to them to resolve the problem for themselves. And when they do, the book gets even funnier because you, how do you attack a supernatural? You can't attack back. You can't attack back a supernatural ghost. You have to outwit the ghost. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets, where these clever kids really turn things around. And so it, and so it's a, it's a good lesson to people in that they have to, to outthink the bully mm -hmm. and uh, that they have to stand up. They have to learn how to do that on their own at some point. You know, you can run to your parents, you can run to the grownups, you can run to the teachers, but at some point you're going to be isolated and there's mm -hmm. going to be no one to turn to. And that's why it's so important for kids to learn to stand up to them on their own. So um, that's pretty much what the book is about. And, and, and my message to parents um, is that if your kid's being bullied, it's or if your child is a bully, that's probably starting at home. That's probably something going on at home. And you want to send your kid out into the world with a great deal of self-confidence and self-esteem because kids with self-confidence don't get bullied. And if your kid doesn't have a lot of self-confidence, I'm going to I'm going to say something that's going to upset some of your parents. It's your fault. It's your fault that your kid is getting bullied because either you're bullying your kid at home, you're criticizing your child too much, you're not praising them enough for what they do well. And you're sending them out into the world without the ability to stand up for themselves. Kids who are confident don't get bullied much. Mm -hmm. Don't get bullied once by someone, and when they stand up to them or push back um, or dish it back to them, that bully's going to leave them alone. Mm -hmm. So you want to send your kid out into the world knowing he is loved, that, that he is cared for, that his home is a safe place, with kids that are growing up in a home that doesn't feel safe, they become victims. If, if you're an alcoholic, if you're a narcissist, if you're a, a child abuser, you know, your child is going to be bullied in the world because they don't even have a safe place at home to mm. develop that self-confidence and that self-esteem. And that's and it, what I grew up with. I know this from, from personal fact. My, you know, my mother was very emotionally abusive. Uh, and uh, physically abusive at times, I didn't grow up in a stable household. And that's really what is necessary. And it has lifelong 
um, consequences to it. Uh, so like I said, if, if I had not been bullied as a kid, my whole life would be completely different today. Mm. I would have gone in different directions. I probably wouldn't be as funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe even parents might be doing this comparison thing where they compare their child to other children. So that, I mean, I'm not saying oh, that's, my, bull my that's not bullying, that. but that diminishes mm -hmm. the confidence level and the and the self you know building up your confidence oh yeah and my and parents did do that yeah and parents probably do that a lot more though that that's a common thing that i think even maybe my mom did a little bit as well when i was growing up right. oh look at who, what so-and-so is doing and, and yeah, now you got the social media out there mm -hmm. and, and i think kids are just doing that to themselves from what i understand right. they see what's going on and other kids are doing but they got to remember that's social media it may again, not be exactly just, the way it looks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, that even that starts at home. If your parents are, you know, comparing you to other kids, and you never know what the other kid's situation is. We don't know what's going on with them. And so they may have some other issues. But um, the, the thing is, a lot of kids are bullied because they stand out for being different in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're heavy or maybe they're skinny or maybe they wear glasses or, you know, maybe they have a weird birthmark or who, whatever it may be. Or they you have know. a disability and, and or kids they are might not have a disability. And uh, if a parent loves their child and gives them and raises them with a lot of self-confidence and self-esteem, it won't matter if they have some type of flaw, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. because they know that they are loved and cared for and they know they have safe places and so they will have that confidence to push back mm -hmm. to stand up for themselves i agree and yep. so you know um i was a kid that, that didn't have anything to stand out you know i, I was normal weight normal height I, I wasn't ugly i didn't have any weird birthmarks i didn't have any any flaws but i walked around with a kick me sign on me because my parents sent me out in the world that way. Mm. So. so what is the best piece of parenting advice you've received over um, time that helped you become a better parent for your children? Love them, spend time with them, um, build up their, build up their self-confidence, praise them. There it is right there. Praise your children more then, then criticize them. And when you criticize them, it's got to come with a lot of praise with it. You know, mm -hmm. there's an old uh, saying, you know, balance praise with, or, you know, balance criticism kind of with us as a sandwich, praise, criticism, praise. But the uh, praise definitely needs to outweigh any criticism. And, and don't make it criticism. Somehow make a lesson out of it. Find a way to do it without making, you don't want to make the kid feel bad for any reason. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and when I'm tutoring, I do that exactly because you do want to point out if they're doing something incorrectly. Right. You, you got to be careful about how you do it, of course. But then you're right. It's like praise, criticize, if that's what you want to call it, <laughs> lesson, um, right. praise. Yeah. Right. And a two for one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Make it a lesson. Find, find something to tell them what they're doing good, then point out what they need to, to, to modify. And, mm -hmm. or, you know, change to, to do better. So, mm -hmm. oh, I want you to do even better. So this is what I want you to do in the future. And then wrap it up with more praise, you know, about the things they're doing well. 
And, and that's one of the, I, I think one of the big failures with parents is they're, they're too quick to criticize. You know, they're all stressed out with work and all their responsibilities and they take on way too many because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever else they might be trying to do. And uh, they get short with their kids. Uh, when when their kids are so vulnerable and their kids are, you know, just sponges for information and learning and they are going to mirror what their parents do. They are going to learn. You know, one of the things that um, parents don't realize is, you know, whether you intend to or not, you are uh, leading by example. Whether mm. you intend. My parents used to say these things like, don't do as I do, do as I say do. What? Well, that doesn't work because I did exactly what they did because I modeled myself after them because that's what I saw. I saw that's the way they behaved. That's what they did. And so whether you believe it or not, or whether you realize it or not, that's that's the really the word, whether you realize it or not, you are leading by example. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's, so what did your that, parents, what did your parents teach you that has helped you become a better adult? I would say, uh, uh, well, several things, but uh, from my mother, I learned to question the status quo and to, uh, you know, not accept things as they are. That made me a much more creative person than I would have been a more innovative person. I have, uh, you know, questioned, why are we doing things this way? Why can't we do it another way? And mm. th this is a, a good thing to teach a kid that what you are taught or told isn't necessary necessarily the only way it has to be because whoever's telling you that might have an agenda you know somebody <laughs> might be telling you to do something because they're going to make some money from it uh you know so um you know there, there's there's always people need to learn to be critical thinkers and that's one of the ways parents can teach their children to be not only a critical thinker but a creative thinker creative thinking starts with questioning why we do things a certain way. And also it's a big step in critical thinking if you question, well, where is this coming from? You know, uh, give me some examples. Can you prove that to me? You know, there's, there's just so much. Uh, mm. and you and I have talked about uh, both critical thinking and creativity before. Yes. So those are great lessons that a parent can teach their child. And it all starts with questioning the status quo. I agree. Definitely. I'm all about creative and critical thinking. Um, so do you have a favorite quote to wrap up or affirmation you'd like to share with our parent audience? Well, kind of along those same lines, uh, there's a quote by Epictetus that I like a lot. He said, men are not upset. I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly how it goes, but men are upset not by things, but by the way they view things. It's all in it basically, it's all about perception. Mm -hmm. you know, so if you're if something's upsetting you, that is your perception of that situation. I think it's interesting in the Chinese language, the symbol that they use for the word crisis is also the symbol they use for the word opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about that, crisis and opportunity are just two sides of the same coin, all depending on your perspective. Are you going to view this situation as a crisis or are you going to see an opportunity in it? Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, I'm glad you picked up that quote because that goes back to bullying. Do you see that as an opportunity to 
to shut that down? Or are you going to, is it about the way you view it and you're letting it get to you? Right. And again, so uh, maybe this is an opportunity to make a friend when someone's bullying you. Because someone who is a bully, they have, like I said earlier, they, they are themselves bullied somewhere. And they're just trying, that's how they have learned passing it to try on. to develop some self-confidence is to make fun of somebody or to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. That, that will make them feel stronger, more powerful. So, you know, we as adults need to have empathy for bullies who are children. Now, I'm not going to say that about bullies that are adults. They're old enough to know better. But children that are bullies need our empathy because they are suffering from the same problems that the victim of bullying is. They Mm. both are lacking in self-esteem and self-confidence, and they probably are being bullied somewhere, usually at home by a parent or an older sibling. Mm, Interesting. Or a relative that they might be close to. Could be that as well. Yeah. So what is, uh, how can people reach out to you? I know you're on different social media outlets like Twitter, I think, Facebook. Are you on all of them or? I'm on all of them. You can find me on most social media by looking for, putting my 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 three names together, Rob Evans Wilson. So I'm Rob Evans Wilson, no spaces, on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Okay. And, and then um, to get your book, that's on Amazon, correct? That's on Amazon.com, The Annoying Ghost Kid by Robert Evans Wilson, Jr. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, and do you and have a website? Read, they can read more about bullying on uh, uh, at my uh, column for Psychology Today. Okay. The column on Psychology Today is titled The Main Ingredient, and again, by Robert Evans Wilson, Jr., and I have a number of articles there I have written on bullying. And if you can find one of them, it will lead you to all the rest because I have them all linked together uh, or I have all the links provided to the other articles inside of each one because I write about a lot of different topics. Basically, I, what I write about in my column is how to empower yourself. Mm. And so in whatever different ways, whether that's learning to think more creatively or think creatively or learn leadership skills or how to motivate yourself, it's all about self-empowerment. And if you can, send me some of those uh, specific links and I will post them because we post several times on Dynamis Learning Academy and I can send that to my assistant and she can post some of those psychology today. Okay, uh, I will send you. you Awesome. And then we can share it with our parents. Well, thank you very much, Rob, for joining me today. And audience, I appreciate you joining us today. A very important topic about bullying because that that just has been around a long time. And I don't think it's going away because social media doesn't help matters either. (laughs) Um, So thank you very much again, Rob. And thank you, Helen. It's been a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, folks, just reach uh, every week we have a different guest. So please join us on my podcast and you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. 
And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.